Listen, I did film and television studies at university for three years. I spent hours reading countless books and articles on subjects spanning from film all the way to television. Not a single one mentioned Hugh Grant once. I achieved the hardest qualification across any university or college ever, a 2-1 in history. Let me tell you, the only thing that I learned was that we, as a society, have a history of denying and neglecting Hugh Grant's artistic and cultural relevance, not just in this country, but in the entire world. I met Oscar at a Hugh Grant-themed event I put on at the Students' Union. It felt as though Diggory and I were the only ones there. And we agreed that there was a Hugh Grant-shaped hole in academia. We decided to put it right ourselves. We want to show people that he's an icon in acting. We want to show people he's more than just a bumbling posh guy. I'm Diggory Waite. And I'm Oscar Beardmore Gray. And, and this, this is... Taking Hugh for granted. Hello and welcome to Taking Hugh for Granted, the podcast in which two Hugh Grant enthusiasts watch every single film starring Hugh Grant in the attempt to answer the simple question, is this film taking Hugh for granted? Is this film good on its own or does it rely on the bumbling Brit for its acclaim? I'm Diggory Waite and I'm joined as always by my colleague and fellow Hugh Grant obsessive Oscar Beardmore Grey. Oscar, how the bloody hell are you doing today, mate? I'm I'm doing very well, Diggs, and I'm, I'm very excited to take a trip back to the 1980s. Uh, for a for a Hugh a Hugh Grant classic. Oh, that far back, the nineteen eighties. Oh my word! It really is an, a, a Hugh Grant classic because you know this is where he met Elizabeth Hurley. They met on this film, Rowing with the Wind. This is you have to watch this if you're a Hugh Grant fan, whether you like it or not. It, it must be done. So I think we should waste no time and just get cracking and chatting about this bad boy. What do you think? Let's just get cracking, Diggs. I can't wait. Fantastic. Let's have a synopsis from Synopsis Simon. Rowing with the Wind, original title Ramando al Viento, directed by Gonzalo Suarez and released in 1988. In the year 1816, in a villa by Lake Naman in Switzerland, Lord Byron, played by Hugh Grant, challenges each of his guests to write a horror story. Whilst Claire Claremont, played by Elizabeth Hurley, doesn't write anything particularly inspiring, another guest, Mary Shelley, played by Lizzie McInerney, begins her novel entitled Frankenstein. Interesting synopsis there from Synopsis Simon. Also love his Spanish, Italian. I can't tell. Ramando al Viento. Because it's all done, isn't it? It's a Spanish film, I think, isn't it? It is a Spanish film. It, it is really strange, actually, that that part. And maybe it's, good, it's a good thing to talk about straight off the bat. Because yeah. it was it was Spanish produced, I believe. But there wasn't really much... <laughs> Spanish influence. The, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, there was yeah. a few Spanish names in the credits. But it was set in Switzerland. And it had a load of pretty english actors in it mm, mm. so i'm not quite sure what the connection was there but yeah and i think i think it was first shown in in spain and stuff so i think yeah i think romando al viento is spanish although i i think i told synopsis simon that it was italian <laughs> so uh, you can tell how how good i am there at discerning what different nations are but there's also something interesting that you told me just before this as well about about the film i didn't realize that potentially i'd, I'd maybe watched the wrong film Potentially, I mean, we we potentially both watched the wrong film yeah. um, because th- this does happen fairly often in Hollywood, I believe, where originally the film was a two hour a two hour show, um, mm. but it subsequently, since Hugh Grant and Liz Hurley have obviously you know become very famous compared to many of the cast, 
they decided to re-release a sort of remastered version in the late 90s where they basically chopped off half an hour of the film and, and that does show a little bit there's a few moments in the film where it's a bit it does seem to jump around a fair bit mm, mm. um so that is good to know if you're about to go and watch the film and there are i couldn't we couldn't find a two hour a two hour length version no. so we were saying before the, the show that might be a sort of you know an extra episode somewhere <laughs> along the yeah. line in the future so that we can try and try and scope out and find i mean that does actually explain a lot i have to say now that you've said that because one of my notes here it's it, i didn't know this but one of my notes here it is written i was just like things just seem to happen like there's a lot of scenes that just don't really have any relation to each other but they come like one after the other so maybe that is why i have to say though i'm a big fan of films that don't really go beyond an hour 30 hour 40 i i think that's a trope that like has slowly died in death and like every film these days is two hours two hours ten and i'm just like guys i yeah. don't care and i'm with you mate i'm completely with you <laughs> which is terrible i did a, i did a degree in film and television but i just don't like films that much <laughs> <laughs> and you're I doing just... a film podcast you know? yeah exactly i just don't like unless i got hugh grant in keep him short and sweet baby well, yeah. at least most of it, I guess the majority of rom-coms are a short and sweet hour and a half. But then there is things like Love Actually, which is two hours. Way too long. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned Love Actually because I thought of Love Actually as soon as this film opened. Because you hear the wonderful dulcet tones of Hugh Grant giving a little <laughs> intro monologue. Reading yes. out one of, his, one of his poems, I imagine. And... Uh, and I thought to myself instantly, I was like, massive Love Actually vibes. I had a dream, which was not at all a dream. The bright sun was extinguished, and the stars did wander darkling in the eternal space, rayless and pathless. And the icy earth swung blind and blackening in the moonless air. Morn came and went, and came, and brought no day. It, instead of it being like a, an airport with people embracing, though, it was more of a you know just a a boat going through some ice and him being like it just just chatting some lame shit let's be honest um <laughs> but oscar rowing with the wind um what were your initial thoughts on the film or, or thoughts on hugh grant's character my initial thoughts on the film digs is that i really liked it i really liked the oh, film really yeah okay, i really okay. and, and we'll we'll get into this in a, a bit later but we we should start with hugh's look um mm. and Again, yes. if you haven't watched the film, I, I implore you to watch it because Hugh has got a couple of looks in this film that are really quite snazzy. Oh, so yeah. he's, I mean, he starts mm. off with basically like an afro almost. His hair is like really frizzy mm. and kind of, uh, it's just a lot of volume there. And, you know, he, yeah. he, he and he's sort of playing this like obnoxious, um, he's plays this obnoxious character called Lord Byron, who's a poet. And he basically doesn't really give a shit about anyone and lo loves himself. And then he goes off to Italy and he, he 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 sort of changes his look again, doesn't he? Oh, mate, he looks like Tarzan. I've written here, he looks like Tarzan. <laughs> Long, luscious hair, incredible body, this lovely, lovely olive tan. But one thing that we need to get off the bat right away is the boots. There's a bit where he's in Italy and he's like hardly he's wearing next to nothing. So you see his like smoking hot body, which I'm actually going to I'm going to put out there now. His body is probably as good in this film as it is in that infamous uh, scene in, in Bridget Jones where he's in the water and he comes out and he like has a like limp floppy cigarette in his mouth and spits <laughs> the water out like that. That gif, he, his, his chest, his body, his arms look incredible in that. And this is the closest we get to that, I think. 
I think he. I think he's wearing some fake tan. He's not. He. <laughs> he's, English English people aren't meant to be that tan in real no. life. No, uh, but, exactly. But, but like you say, he. He. I. I mean, in my notes, I wrote Greek god. That's yeah. what he looked. I mean, he, he's in Venice. He lives in yeah. like a a massive over the top bachelor pad. He's got these knee high mm. boots, and he's sort of like a spoiled prince. He's always got like some naked woman on his arm. Um, yeah, <laughs> and he's got some outrageous <laughs> yes. garms. Yeah, it's so so good. But the boots, I don't understand because he's like he's like at that bit that that you mentioned as well. So he's like lying in his bed. He's wearing next to nothing except these these boots. <laughs> he's he's like wearing pants and a bathrobe slash like a you know dressing gown sort of thing. And then these boots, these like yeah knee high boots. And there's a bit we'll talk about this I'm sure a little bit later where um Claire Claremont is trying to undress him and she gets down to his boots and he goes not the boots never the boots <laughs> what's going on there what is going on there with the boots why does he not want to take the boots off it just reminds me of um the character um tobias Fugue in arrested development who's a never nude and he can't he physically can't get nude he always wears these really small tight like uh denim shorts he will never he'll never be nude in front of himself or anyone else and it just i feel like that's what hugh grant like lord byron is here he just won't ever take these boots off even when he's lying in bed yeah he sleeps with them he sleeps with the boots i don't know what's going on there did you have because that was never really addressed he just sort of says don't take the boots off and then we never see him out of boots it's it's bizarre I think it's probably part of his kind of like his power trip. He does have a, <laughs> yeah. a very big ego in this film. He does. Um, he doesn't he does. take it. He doesn't take a lot of shit from anyone, and um, I, I definitely think that's kind of part of his character. He does a lot of screaming in this film as well. He, there's a couple of times he just sort of <laughs> bellows at the <laughs> yeah. top of his voice. It's quite strange. It's very odd. Yeah, there's a bit when they're when they're all he's like taking them on a little boat ride, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna recite to you like I don't know like some Arabian poem," and then he just goes. <laughs> which was meant to be funny like it's meant to be funny for the rest of and i was just sat there thinking i don't find this funny the people on the boat don't find it funny this isn't funny like that's that's it just sucked i, I found it funny no really i loved it man I, oh, I love that i love that that's amazing <laughs> maybe i must maybe i watched this film in a grump because yeah i it's funny I, I, another thing about hugh grant like 10 minutes into this film I'm sat there, sort of half scowling a little bit, going, I can't work this film out. Is it meant to be shit? Like, because <laughs> right now it sucks. And then Hugh Grant, and I mean this genuinely, Hugh Grant comes on screen, like, you know, 10, 10 or so minutes in. And I'm like, and, and I, I'd hate to say this, guys. It sounds like, I sound like a snob, but it's like a, you know, a proper actor came on screen. And, and <laughs> I I'm, I'm a bit, I, I'm, I, but I'm, the thing is, I wish I was even just like gassing up because it's the Hugh Grant podcast. I'm not. Like genuinely, up until that point, it was like there, some of the acting was a bunch actually bunch of amateurs. Like, they, it was embarrassing. And he comes on and suddenly I was like, I get it. And not only did I, I, I got, I got like the, the vibe that they were going for. I got all of that sort of, I like, he was, he was telling the jokes right. Like, his over some of the over the top stuff was landing like it was great it was genuinely like a proper actor had come on set and so there's no there's no you know it makes total sense that he was the one out of this crop that that made it big but you know just just prepare just strap in and and hold on because he's he gets there within 10 minutes and then it's a lot easier watching after that well you're listening to hugh grant taking hugh for granted on the radio hugh grant taking hugh for granted oh the podcast show Thank you.
so Diggs, I mean, the main reason we're here, right? and and the and the main reason this film has to stand out early in Hugh Grant's career is this is where he met mm. Elizabeth Hurley, um, and as we know, this relationship blossomed into I think a third was it a thirteen year romance or something that yeah. That, that there's kind of this perception, I think, that Hugh and Liz must have only just got together before Four Weddings and a Funeral. But this was oh. 1988. So this is six years before Four Weddings and a Funeral. So they've been been together a long time. Um, but yeah, what did you make of Liz? What do you make of Hugh and Liz on screen together? Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it, you, as I was saying this at the top of the show, like this it, it is essential viewing for a Hugh Grant fan because, th- like you say, this is this is. I, I was thinking in the shower this morning. <laughs> she must be the most influential woman in Hugh Grant's life, except for perhaps his mother, his his daughters, his wife. <laughs> she she must be there <laughs> somewhere she's up in there. that. She's up there. She's certainly up there because, like you say. It's at least 10 years, but I think you're right. I think it's 13 years together. That We'll have to double check that, but I'm, we're pretty sure. 13 years together. Like, so much time. And they came up together. Like, they 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 were both actors. They lived together. They, you know, they got famous together. Hugely, hugely influential person. And this is where it all began. This is where they met. Elizabeth Hurley plays Claire Claremont, who is obsessed with Hugh Grant and Lord Byron. She, obsessed. She 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 says to her mates, like, this is how the story starts. She basically goes, oh, do you want to you get out of town? I know exactly where to go. Hugh Grant's house. Let's go. And it's like, and she's like, and they're like, that's in, that's in Switzerland. She's like, I know, huh, but let's go anyway. She's like, she keeps telling him, I'm going to have your kid. I'm going to have your kid, which I thought was figurative, but she, she actually is going to have his kid. And, it, and sort of like a few, like, it, it really, really reminded me of Hugh Grant, um, George Sond, aka Judy Davis, in mm. Impromptu, all over Chopin, played by Hugh Grant, and like to the point where he's like freaked out. It's similar yeah. with this. Claire Claremont, Liz Hurley, is like obsessed with Hugh, like, absolutely loves him, and Hugh just unlike, gives nothing back. <laughs> Hugh gives nothing back. He and I just wrote in my notes, he's the original fuckboy. Like he is he just takes her and leaves her whenever he wants. Like his dog dies and she comes in his room and she's like there waiting for him and he's like walks in, and he's like, Oh, I'm so upset and she's like No, you're not going to treat me to one of your sarcastic little speeches. I've had enough of words. If you need to amuse yourself with me for a while, then do so. If not, throw me out. Then go. No, stay. I love that dog so much. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a fascinating situation where, you know, she's throwing herself at him, and and so it's so great because you get to see them. You get to see them kiss. There's a lot of kissing going on. Tongues flying everywhere. By the way, they can't keep it in each other's mouths. Um, that, yeah, and uh, and, and, and it, I think we would be we would be remiss to to admit the fact that you know we do see some some kit off as well. I, it was funny. I I, I said to my mum just now. I was like, oh, I, you know, Liz Hurley's in it. She's like, well, Liz Hurley. I was like, yeah, and they get together and they kiss. And and I I, I don't know whether in this day and age is it right to make li- to to talk about the nipples? Mm. Is that important that she gets her top off and stuff? And she was like, oh, you know, it feels like, you know, will anyone care? And I was like, I think there's going to be some people who care. I think some people want to hear that. But yeah, so she, so, and so yeah, yeah, they're having this sort of steamy sex scene. And, it, you know, that's why it's even, you guys know how beautiful, amazing Elizabeth Hurley is. She's there kissing Hugh, obsessed with Hugh, with, a, with you know, 
completely naked and he still can only think about his dog which is hilarious <laughs> it's so amazing and it's just so fun to to, to see that what did, what did you think of it well i think what what was cool about that scene in some senses is that he was playing the character where he's like you know this is just some other girl and he doesn't yeah. give a, he doesn't care about her but we exactly. know deep down that probably this is kind of like sowing the seed isn't it this mm, is this is mm. maybe maybe you know they're sneaking behind, sneaking around behind set you know oh, uh, that kind oh, of I'd who, love that. who knows but th- <laughs> yeah. you know maybe that that you know at some point during this film set Hugh and Hugh and Elizabeth locked locked eyes on each other and were like Yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, she's having to play a character who is completely and utterly in love by Lord Byron. As badly as Lord Byron treats her, this is why I'm calling him the original fuckboy. You know, he doesn't text her for ages. He doesn't invite her around. When she comes around as a booty call, he's like, no, I could take you or leave you. And then she's like, you know, and yet she still will like, she wants his kid. She'll do anything for him. He's the original fuckboy. And she, and she's like so she's playing this character who has to be completely enthralled by him i wonder if that maybe you know psychologically perhaps played a part in them getting together but but also maybe not because like have you met hugh grant like you'd be obsessed with him anyway um <laughs> so <laughs> let's be honest but i bet he was probably saying uh you know regard whether they were sneaking around on set i'm sure he was saying Let, let's do the scene again where we do lots of kissing Let, let's let's just are we sure we got that one? We could do that one more time, just in case the lighting was off. Let's do a bit of role play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Are you a business owner? Are you running a political campaign? Are you a furniture outlet having yet another sale? If the answer to any of those questions isn't no, then you can have your advertisement right here. The Taking You For Granted podcast gets over a hundred listeners every single episode. For prices starting as low as six figures, you can have your advertisement right here. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Email takingyouforgranted at gmail.com today for a full price list. And you can have your advertisement right here. Right, Oscar. We've been we've been skirting around the fact that we have <laughs> we, we, we we may well disagree on this film. So I am mm. I am fascinated to hear why you think how what what were your favourite things about this film, other than Hugh Grant, of course. You know, what sort of things do you enjoy about it? Well, Diggs, we, you know, we, we go back and forth with Hugh Grant films and we talk about a film with some edge. I think this film had edge. Mm. I I really oh, yeah. liked... I mean, for, for those who haven't watched it, uh, it centres on Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. Mm. And basically it's like the sort of story around her writing it. Um, and, Fra- you know, Frankenstein, the, the monster that she's, she's created in the book, kind of comes to life and starts tormenting her, her children, people she knows. And there is this this kind of strange monster figure. Okay, mm. the monster figure some it's a, it's a, some pretty dodgy makeup. But I I what I really liked about this film is this it was this kind of the sci-fi ele- element. And I know it might not be the best sci-fi ever, but that's what I mean by edge. You know, there was something there where I was like, this is unusual. This is not something we see in a normal Hugh Grant film. It had a bit of a layer of the white worm vibes, mm. and I will admit. I know this. We've we discussed it before. I got a bit scared. I knew. I was. I was sat there thinking, "Is Oscar going to be scared by this?" I bet he is. <laughs> I was a bit scared of the film at certain yeah. points, or there were at least a couple points where I was like, I, "I, you know, yeah." I had my like, yeah. my heart started going a bit fast, that kind of thing, <laughs> and that for me is enough to keep me really engaged. And that was what I liked about it. And you know, it had a bit of everything. It had a bit of horror, a bit of sci-fi, a bit mm. of sex. There was some Love tragedy. 
you know a bit of everything in it and for that reason i i would watch this film again and you know and i really i actually enjoyed it a lot i love that can you tell me what the fuck was going on in the second half well <laughs> or what the hell was going on the whole way through i feel like maybe i i think i just struggled to understand what was going on at a certain point like i i, I kind of grasped what was going on at the beginning it's just possible mm. being being you know having nothing to do it's just being like that was one of my things in the film it's like they're so posh and rich they just go can you can you drive can you sail a boat he goes yeah i can he's like i'll race you and that's a whole day and it's like what do you want to do today should we all try and write a scary story yeah let's do that oh or do, you, do you want to go and look at the castle yeah let's do it that i could understand but the second half i started to lose it so do you actually know what happened genuinely, well, genuinely i mean it, it was a bit disjointed i'll, I'll admit and we yeah. and we alluded to that might be because they chopped and chopped it a little bit yeah i mean i think i think i the, the premise really was that you know mary shelley's character not only start you know killed like their their servant and that kind of thing but then started mm. to really take a grip of her children herself she goes a bit mad mm. and and mm. her husband um and yeah, it was a little weird at the end, and and mm. it de- it definitely there was a very abrupt end at the end where it was just basically like everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was um, so weird. Yeah, but you know there was also a fantastic bit at the end I thought where it was like a monologue between Hugh Grant and Mary Shelley on the beach. And I saw you, Byron. I saw you in a room with very white walls, your body torn and broken. I know now what my monster is made of, and the spirit that moves him. Everything he is has come from me. I've always been as I am, ever since I killed my mother when she gave birth to me. Long before he escaped from within me and began to live and move independently, now I can no longer stop him. What can I do? God in heaven, what can I do? Since you have had the power to write our destiny, you must now have the courage to accept it. I thought that was great acting, and... I was really, I was really held by the story, but I mean, tell me why you weren't convinced now. Wow. Okay. Well, no. I, the thing is, I love that. I'm so, I'm so glad to hear it. I suppose those sort of threads, they none of them really, really hit me. I sort of, I, it, it didn't. It felt like you know. Sometimes I felt like I was missing a bit of like a bit of the groundwork that needs to be done. Like there's some characters where at some points I was like, oh, are they trying to get together, and then that was never really explored, or or suddenly like, you know. It, it felt a bit disjointed. I mean, you mentioned her husband there, you know, going a bit mad. Like he, it seems like every other scene he's trying to kill himself, but then like <laughs> it's totally fine the next day. Or, or um, he's naked. It's just really, yeah, exactly. Or he's naked. Oh my word. Yeah, we talk about the nipples. We got to talk about his um, tackle. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, he, he gets that out a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, which which was kind of bizarre, and it, and it, and I suppose it sort of had that 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 sort of kind of gives you a little bit of whiplash where you're trying to work out exactly what's going on with everything, and and the whole like what I've written comes to life thing didn't it just yeah it didn't really resonate with me, and also I have to be honest, and I'm gonna sound like such a knob here again and such a snob, but as I say, the acting was not great, and I think Mary Shelley, I'm gonna call her out as well, wasn't great. I mean. I, there's a bit where she's like, forgive, forgive us, Williams. Our son has died and we are distraught. And she says it exactly like that. And then she's like, oh my God, Shelley, I just don't know what to do. What is happening? Mm, you didn't, you weren't convinced. I think that I think if, if I'm, if I was going to back her up, I was going to, I would say that she's kind of in like a trance. Yeah. She's kind of fixed. Yeah. She's, she's in a, 
she's possessed almost by this mm. by the monster she's created so if you view it like yeah i think maybe you could cut her a little bit of that but th- to be honest with you i also saw general comments online being like you know some of the acting is a bit suspect mm. apart from hugh grant um, so, so I, I i do i do sympathize with that position um mm. but i don't know i liked it that's so fair i mean also uh, also some of the it's just one of those films as well that, that suffers from like saying things like some people begin by being what they are. Other people end by being what they were. And <laughs> would you like, what the fuck does that mean? And things like uh, men didn't invent horror. Men are horror. Men are a horrifying invention before men. There was horror when men are gone. Horror shall still be there. It's it, it's stuff like that where you're just sort of like, this is just wanky and doesn't mean anything. Taking he for granted. Taking he for granted. Taking you for granted. What did you think, lads? Were they taking you for granted? Uh, Diggs, um, that was a great, a great, a great episode, a great chat. We got to end with the with the question we're all here for: yeah. Are we taking you for granted? It's a tough one. We've said many, many times this film. You have to watch it. You have to watch it because it's where Elizabeth Hurley and Hugh Grant met, and there's some great scenes between the two of them, kissing, tongues flying everywhere. You know. Uh, knee-high boots there's the whole it's, it's everything you want in there um some great looks from hugh are we taking Hugh for granted in the sense of like you know is he a big character blah 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 does he get some crack cracking lines is he the best actor out there he absolutely not but for me you you have to watch this film if you're a big hugh grant fan are you going to necessarily enjoy the film if you're like me absolutely not <laughs> you are going to have to sit through this and and you know and scowl enjoy the boots enjoy hugh's look enjoy liz hurley it's not hard but I, there's been a lot of films around this time a bit more arty and stuff that i've enjoyed a lot more and haven't felt you know as pants what mm. about yourself well it looks like we're heading to a split decision days because i'm going to say yes. we are not taking hugh for granted days i think this is the best hugh grant film pre-1990 that's what 1990 well i mean you you're obviously it's it's up there with some good stuff i.e the lady and the highwayman so <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's got tough opposition i mean talk me through it i thought that hugh's performance was really convincing i actually really liked Hugh in this film um he is extravagant he's over mm. the top he's mm. funny liz hurley is great yeah she's stunning uh, you know, she wears a load of weird clothes. It's kind of funny, a bit yeah. quirky. The film has got a, you know, it's got a, w- a few weird things going on, but it's entertaining. And for that reason, we cannot take you for granted with this film. I love that. I love that. I honestly, I can't tell you how happy I am because I was sat here watching this, being like, "Oh no, it's another one that's taking you for granted. It sucks." I can't. I, and also, this, it shows how far. It shows how I say how far you've come, as if like you've come to the good <laughs> side. But it shows how, um, how how maybe how your your you know your arc. How, it was you remember before when you were like, oh, period pieces suck ass, and mm. now we're here, and you're you're like I'm sat here being like, oh, this period piece sucks, and you're like, this is this was full great. circle. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Maybe maybe now I'm gonna rewatch Sense and Sensibility and be like, this sucks. I hate period pieces. Maybe, <laughs> um, yeah. But well, yeah, almost certainly not because that's the best film ever made. It's actually so good. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. 
Oh wow, that was that was. Oh mate, I can't believe it. I actually can't believe it. What what a surprise! I'm so I, happy. Yeah, I mean, I want to go back and watch this again with you. Maybe I like this is this. I think this film could have won prizes. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh my word! Well, when we do our, when we eventually do our list of like the definitive best Hugh Grant films, we're gonna have to really like have a few goes at where this one goes in in the whole. Yeah, I lineup. think so. There's gonna be a, it's gonna be a diff- one we're already gonna disagree on in the pecking order. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, ladies and gents, I mean, what we, what I'll do, well, what I'll say right now is we will watch it again together when we find the two hour version. Mm. let's let's put that let's let it be read on this podcast we will watch the two hour version although the two hour version i bet it will be the spanish original so it'll be because apparently i read online that like it's it's they got all english actors and they just dubbed them over in spanish which is obviously going to be <laughs> very interesting to watch because it's like well why did you just get spanish people but anyway if it's meant to be like mainly filmed in spanish very odd but we'll watch it and then we'll watch it together and maybe i'll enjoy it more um thank you so much for listening let us know what you thought of this film. Have you seen Rowing of the Wind? It yeah. sucks. But maybe it doesn't. <laughs> Mate, don't, don't do that. Tell us how much you love the film. Yeah. Tell Diggory he's an idiot. Tell, I would love you to tell me I'm an idiot. Because Send I, him abuse I, on Instagram. No, I, I shouldn't. Want... I, troll him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't abuse me, but do troll me. Speaking of Instagram, follow us on Instagram at Taking You For Granted. Follow us on Facebook at Taking You For Granted. Follow us on Twitter at Taking Hugh. Get in contact. Let us know what you thought of this film or any other Hugh Grant film. Um, Oscar, I, I suppose that's it for today. We can row off with the wind Indeed. and enjoy nice ourselves. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, you, we... should, you, you, you should row upstream against the current into the wind. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll row downstream with all the Hugh Grant fans. Exactly. Oh, no. And I'll just be in a boat with the one Colin Firth fan I can find. Um <laughs> and it will suck in there um fantastic guys thank you so much enjoy yourselves we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another hugh grant film until then thank you so much for listening thanks everyone bye taking hugh for granted is produced edited and presented by diggory Waite and oscar beardmore gray The producers of Taking Hugh for Granted would like to state that this podcast is in no way associated with the actor Hugh John Mungo Grant, nor does it endorse his views or represent him in any way. Instead, by creating this podcast, Oscar and Diggory hope to celebrate Hugh's illustrious career, reliving his old classics and shedding light on some of his hidden gems. Hugh, if you're listening, we hope you approve.